Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're Bad to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he wants his bride to be blameless and spotless, wrinkle free and having it all together when he returns. Amen. Amen. And that is why we must stay ready and prepared. We must. And I don't care what the lukewarm Christian got to say. We must stay out of sin. We can no longer have the excuse that Jesus is working on us. Jesus knows my heart. After all, we're our only human. No, absolutely not. Listen, this kingdom of the living God, it is serious. It is serious. Listen, you got to understand that sin will lead you straight to hell. Listen, we don't have to give into temptations just because we are living in this flesh body. The book of Romans tells us that our new nature, it it will and will always fight against that sinful nature that we inherited from Adam. Listen, the bottom line to this whole thing is what Jesus said to us. Like he told the woman who was caught in adultery, to go and sin no more. Listen, Jesus knew that she will fall to temptation, that it will present his ugly head again in her life. Jesus knew that she will face it. But in that command he gave her, it was built in forgiveness, as well as the implication and expectation to do what he said, and that is to go and sin no more. That's the bottom line. Listen, you knew 
would you sign up for in this kingdom, right? Come on. We know Jesus not is not playing when it comes to sin. Look at what he did to the cities and the towns surrounding Sodom and, Gomor- and Gomorrah. You really think the living God is playing when it comes to sin and sexual perversion? Oh, absolutely not. So today's topic is going to be on sin and the lust of it. I want to give us 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you and we want you. Father, we got the memo. You told us to repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ your beloved son, whom you sent from heaven, delivered us from the power, the control, and the mastery that sin has over our lives. And so, Father, I pray that all of us in the body of Christ heed to your word. We know you ain't playing with that lake of fire, Father. You said that if we love you, that we will obey you, that we will obey all of your commands because they are not burdensome to us, Father. It is only burdensome to the one who do not want to come out of their sins. And Father, for so long, we've all made excuses for our sins. But glory be to God that the Holy Spirit convinced us and convicted us that we need to stop sinning, that we need to truly repent and get on board with what this kingdom mandates. And that is to repent and believe that Jesus died for our sins. And so, Father, I ask for wisdom today and clarity And may the Holy Spirit move on me to allow me to be able to discern what is good and what is evil. And Father, I pray that today's lesson bring you glory. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so like I said, I want to talk about some sin. You want to know why? Because we got to keep this in the forefront of our minds that God ain't playing. You playing. You playing to think that you can stay in your sins and still get to heaven. Why? Because the apostate church with all of their wolves and sheep clothing, as charismatic as they are, as prolific as they are, and as well-meaning as they seem, okay, they fill us with lies about what the gospel truly is. And they will tell you that God is so loving in his grace, because you see, they only tell you one part of the sound counsel of God about his grace about how loving he is and that God is love and he is love. 
But we cannot be mistaken that God is a just God and he is a righteous God. And let me tell you, there was a huge price that was paid so that we don't go to hell. So let us just start before we even get into the lesson. Let us just start with the bare facts, shall we? the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because, thank you, Holy Spirit, going forth on this podcast, that will be the foundation before we get into any lesson. And the reason why we must start with the truth is because there has been so many lies coming down the pulpit that we actually think that We can still be in sin, no matter what you think, how little that sin is compared to someone else's. Sin is sin. Hell is hell. And that lake of fire, oh, it is very much real. And if we don't stop it, that is where we're going to end up. So we ain't got time for all of that. Amen. Amen. And so, like I said, The Holy Spirit just said that going forward, that the foundation for each episode on this podcast, oh, we're going to lay down the foundational truth of the gospel. Amen. Because our Father in heaven sent the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven to this sin-sick, dark, vile, laden of a world to die for the sins of many. Jesus willingly laid down his life as a sacrifice to appease the wrath of holy God, whose people sinned continuously. Jesus took the punishment that was rightly due to us because we racked up and stacked up God's wrath against us because we didn't know how to stop sinning. Jesus shed blood on the cross, was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, and through his blood sacrifice, Jesus made atonement for our sins reconciling us back to the Father. And through his shed blood, we can have forgiveness of our sins, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross, and then he was buried. And then after three days, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was resurrected from the grave, Through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has set us free, people, from the control and power sin had over our lives. Listen, he defeated death by his resurrection, and he defeated sin because Jesus was the only man that ever walked on planet earth to be perfect, to be sinless, and without any blame. Amen. And so we must believe this gospel. We must repent of our sins, 
forsake them and never to return back to the vomit. We must ask for forgiveness and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We must now have a change of mind because that is what repentance is all about. A changing of the mind where, where sin and God is concerned, where your lifestyle, the way you now live, it is holy and just. And therefore, we must hate sin just as much as God does. You must do a 180 degree turn back to God. Amen. Amen. And so how do we respond to this gospel? Okay. We must respond to Jesus finished work at the cross with a resounding yes. And with total acceptance, receive him as Lord and Savior. Because listen, without Jesus, there will be no salvation. There will be no reconciliation. And there will be no eternal life. Listen, everything hinges on whether or not you repent. Believe that Jesus died for your sins and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus told us, right? Getting back to the topic of the day about the sin. He told us in Luke 17, 26 to 27, he says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 27. They were eating and drinking and marrying and, get, and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Amen. Because look, Jesus... Jesus was pointing out that although the people of Noah's day were totally depraved, they were not the least bit concerned about it. And this is what we're seeing today. Today in the 21st century, people of the world, they could give two flips about what God has to say in his holy word. And that is a shame. And look, and just like in Noah's day, right? They were carrying on the events of their lives without a single thought of the judgment of God. And we see that blatantly clear today. Noah, okay, in Second Peter 2 verse 5, Noah is described as a preacher of righteousness, meaning he has spent years warning his friends and neighbors what the Holy God was about to do. But guess what? No one listened. Look, the depravity and ungodly lifestyles of the entire world at that time were enough to cause the Lord to regret that he had made men a man. And we see that in Genesis 6, 6. 
Many scholars believe that part of the need to destroy every human being except Noah and his family was the sin mentioned in Genesis 6 verses 1 through 4 when the Nephilim were on the earth in those days according to scripture and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Amen. And we're talking about them giants, right? So look, as evil reproduced and took over the world, the most merciful act God could perform was to start over. Amen. And so look, it is interesting that God allowed Noah nearly 100 years to complete the building of the ark. Through all that time, God patiently waited. And we can see this in 1 Peter 3 verse 20. Scripture seems to imply that Noah preached to the people of that time about what was coming. And we see that in Hebrews eleven seven, They did not believe Noah and were content with their wickedness and idolatry. Let's not forget that their hearts were hard and their ears dull. No one repented and no one cared to seek God. And you cannot tell me. We don't see that happening today. And that is why Jesus said that when he comes back, oh, it's going to be as it were in the days of Noah and Lot. People was just going on about their business, going on about their sins, going on about their idolatries. They were, they were marrying, they were committing adultery, they were lying and stealing and being the con man. I mean, just like it was in the days of Noah, where God himself repented that he even created man, where so that he destroyed the whole world with a flood. Okay, listen, Jesus said that the world would be much the same before he returns. Yeah, before he returns to set up his earthly kingdom. And we see this in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 33. And listen, he warned us to be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And those are going to be the ones who claim to be a Christian that, oh, I'm waiting for Jesus to come. They are going to be like the five foolish virgins. Okay, because in that parable, you had 10 virgins. Half of them were at the ready. They kept that oil in their lamps where the other ones, okay, right, Holy Spirit, thank you. They had the lamps. They knew the bridegroom was coming, but they didn't have any oil. And why not? If they if they knew he was coming, okay, if they knew he was coming, 
they had the lamps, where was the oil? Why was it that they had to, number one, beg the wise five virgins for some of their oil, who, by the way, okay, kept their lamps together, had plenty of oil, okay, and stayed at the ready. So you have the five foolish, lukewarm Christians thinking that, oh, well, I'm saved. Yeah, I know Jesus is coming, but there's a party going on down at the club on Friday night. And I just bought this bad dress that I got to wear to the party. Yeah, I know he's coming. And then we have this scripture right here in Matthew 25, 31 to 33. He, look, Jesus warned us to be ready because for those who are down at the club every Friday night, for them, oh, he's coming like a thief in the night. Amen. And so look, 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 4 gives us a clear picture of the state of the world before Jesus comes and most likely also describes the world in the days of Noah. That verse says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Look at these, look at the type of people that are in the world today because we are living in the last days. Amen. Look, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Amen. Look, it is becoming increasingly obvious that to understand what the world was like in the days of Noah, all we got to do is watch the news. Keep watching the news and it is going to, and it's going to paint a horrible picture of the world today. So look, I said all of that to bring us to this. 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning. And that's the bottom line. Listen, out the window goes, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. Or <laughs> one of my all-time favorites over there at my second job on Facebook, a.k.a. The Lion's Den, Listen, we hear it all over there. Somebody actually quoted in one of my comments about how you would literally have to stop being a human in order to live holy. And I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. Listen, we strive every day to live holy. Why? Because the Bible keeps telling us 
two important things that I like to point out today. That number one, that the wages of sin is death. Yeah, it could be a physical death depending on what you're doing, okay? But it's talking about that spiritual death, that eternal separation from God the Father over there in the lake of fire. Not to mention the time you will be spending in hell as you await that judgment. And number two, that... It is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. Which audience are you going to have with the Lord Jesus Christ when he calls you up out of that body suit? Are you going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or are you going to hear how your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life? Jesus is going to tell you, depart from me. I never knew you. But Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Lord, I headed up one of the biggest mega churches on the East Coast. What do you mean, depart from me? And I can only imagine Jesus is going to be like, yep, um, Gabriel, is Pastor so-and-so name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Gabriel going to be flipping the pages, looking, looking, looking. No, Lord, it's not. Okay, and guess what? One of them angels, okay, is going to come with a great big old chain, okay, grab you, pick you up and throw you in the lake of fire. Now, does it say it like that in the Bible? No. But it does say that you will be thrown. And to me, thrown means you didn't want to go because it doesn't say that you will be escorted. And nope, it says thrown. That to me means that somebody... One of them angels, I presume, will pick you up and throw you into the lake of fire. So let us come back over here <laughs> to the 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning. Because that picture I just painted about the lake of fire, that should put the fear of the living God in all of us. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we see... Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Oh, yep. Bottom line. I gotta, I gotta lay out what the bottom line is, folks. Okay. Sin separates us from God. His wrath will always be on the sinner. Okay. Cause y'all can't forget that quote from Gandhi, who was an antichrist who said that Jesus was not the only son of God. What, is more than one son? Anyway, yeah, he was the one that came up with that quote that the lukewarm church just picked up and ran with it, how God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Absolutely not, because if that was the case, then Jesus died for nothing, where he cried out on the cross, 
my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So for Gandhi to come up with that quote and the church ran with it. So what, are we better than the Lord Jesus Christ that we could be in sin, but God's still going to love us where he turned his back on Jesus? Don't even get me started off on that topic. Amen. Amen. So look, sin separates us from God. His wrath will always be on the sinner and on those who reject the command to live godly lives. Look, we see in John 8, 1 through 6, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verses, verses 7 through 11 says this. They kept demanding, because we're reading John 8, verses 7 through 11. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, stone her. But let those who have never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Amen. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Because like I said, that in that command, especially when he says, neither do I, there is built in forgiveness in the commandment of go and sin no more. That is a direct commandment from our commander in chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we cannot pick that command apart, twist it and bend it to mean something else so that you can justify the sin that you refuse to come out of. Listen, number one, getting to these 13 reasons. Number one, sin does not satisfy. 
It don't. Because look, Hebrews 11.25 says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. And he was talking about Moses because sin will never satisfy. And I don't care what it is. It could be a sex addiction. addiction. It could be smoking weed, popping pills, drugs, gambling, whatever it is. It's never going to satisfy you. In the end, the happiness, what? Becomes sadness. The thrill becomes a nightmare, okay? The pleasure becomes an addiction. Sin never keeps its promises. Amen. Number two, sin leads to more sins. Let me say that again. Sin leads to more sins. Look, Proverbs 5.22 says this, The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. Proverbs 27, 20 says, The eyes of man are never satisfied. Listen, greed cannot be satisfied by possessions. Drug addiction cannot be satisfied with a great high. Lust cannot be satisfied with a one-night stand. Pride cannot be satisfied with promotion and fame. Sin will never satisfy you. And not only that, it leads to more sins. Number three, sin leads to worse sins. Amen. And look, if we look at Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 19, it says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the fertility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, okay, they have become themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual with a continual lust for more and like i said that's ephesians 4 17 to 19 let me just read that last part again having lost all sensitivity Okay, because that means that it don't even bother you anymore. Okay, your conscience where sin is concerned has been so seared that you don't even think twice about doing it anymore. Amen. It says, having lost all all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge and every kind of impurity with what? 
a continual lust for more. Amen. Look, sin will always drag the human character down. Sin never lifts us up. And let us not forget that, people. Number four, sin enslaves. According to Proverbs 5.22, because we're cracking open the Bible today. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. Amen. Listen, it is easy to step into it. Oh, but it's so hard to step out of it. Sin enslaves. And it does so in three ways. Look, number one, sin enslaves to itself. Sin leads to more sins and to worse sins, each one more entrapping and more binding than the last. And we see that again in Proverbs 5.22. Number two, talking about uh, three ways how sin, okay, of the 13 that we're talking about. But as a side note, we're looking at three ways how sin can make you a slave. Number two, sin enslaves to the flesh. When we habitually sin, addictions are created and bodily cravings come alive with a vengeance. Harmful mental habits are formed and destructive patterns of living are birthed. And we see that in Romans 7 verses 14 to 24. And number three, sin enslaves to demons. Come on now. Demons are very destructive. And we see that in Matthew 12 verses 43 to 45. Listen. When you give yourself to sin, you give yourself to these demons. Come on now. According to Ephesians 4, 26 to 27, listen, all of these scriptures that I am quoting, I pray that you all have your notebooks and your pen or pencil jotting all of these scriptures down so that in your own quiet study time with the Lord, you can go over these scriptures just as a reminder what God has to say about sin. And don't let this world fool you that homosexuality is okay, that lying and sleeping around and walking around here practically naked is okay, and it is not. Listen, if you profess to be a child of the living God, we don't live like that anymore. Because sinners in this world who don't want to repent, that is how they live. And for them, Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. They are going to be shocked when he crack up open that sky and here he comes. Amen. Yeah, because the Bible tells us that they will be running into the mountains and caves, begging the rocks to fall on them to protect them from the wrath of God and of the Lamb. Amen. And so getting back to our 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning. Number five of the 13 says, Sin degrades and humiliates. 
sin stains the sinner. According to Ecclesiastes 10.1, it says, As dead flies give perfume a a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom, excuse me, wisdom and honor. And then we see in Proverbs 6, 32 to 33, but a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroy himself, blows and disgrace are his lot and his shame will never be wiped away. Yeah, so when we're stuck in sin, it will degrade us and humiliate us. Come on now, we need to come up out of this sin. Number six, sin steals joy. According to Psalms 1611, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fulfill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. Listen, joy is the most perfect sign of the presence of God. Listen, sin, all sins, drive that presence away and Let me just say for the record, that is why, listen, my right hand raised, okay? When you in sin, and I don't care what the sin is because one sin is not greater than the other because like Jesus said, when the people came to him to tell him how Pontius Pilate had uh, killed all those uh, men from um, Galilee and Jesus, as as they was telling Jesus, you know, what all had happened. And Jesus has said to them, what are their sins um, more greater than your sins? Because at the end of the day, Jesus told them in Luke, what is it? Luke 13, 3, that if you don't repent, okay, likewise, you too shall perish. Amen. And so look. When you when you in sin, listen, you are not going to have any joy. You cannot. You can't. Listen, you wonder why you can't sleep. You can't eat. You can't you can't do anything. You got all these headaches and pain. You're having all of these nightmares, all of these lucid and vivid dreams. And then you wonder why you're depressed. You wonder why you up one day and then you're down the next. You don't know if you're coming or going. One day you're happy. The next day you're crying. One day you're feeling okay. The next day you're so angry, hurt, and bitter. (laughs) Sin does not bring joy. When you have joy in your life, glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know for a fact that the presence of the Lord is with you. Even if everything around you is chaotic, even though you may feel some kind of way about a situation, but then this this eternal internal joy just bubbles up and you're trying to figure out why you're so happy. Why you feel at peace when you should be stressed out, when you should be lonely and and unhappy 
Everybody seems to be coupled up. Everybody seems to be having the big fun, but you are at home on your knees in prayer or you studying or you about doing the father's business. And then all of a sudden, this this sense of reassuring joy just bubbles up in your spirit. That's the presence of God in your life. But you're not going to have that if you're still sleeping around and you haven't put away the sexy and you don't know how to cover up that body, ladies and men. Because I'm going to get on your fellas too with all those tight muscle shirts and them skinny blue jeans. Come on now. Y'all know what you're doing. Amen. And so look, uh, sin steals something that all the money in the world cannot buy. Joy. Number seven, sin steals our confidence before God. Listen, sin steals all purity and innocence, making us uneasy with people and uncomfortable with God. Listen, in Genesis 3 verses 6 through 9, it says, when the woman, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? And you want to know why Adam and Eve were hiding? Because they were in sin. Listen, when you are in sin, the last thing you want to do is to go into prayer because you feel horrible. Listen, your conscience should be, okay, keyword, should be in turmoil after you sin against holy God. Listen, you can't come to God with dirty hands and a guilty conscience. It's not going to work. I tried it and it don't work. Why? Because you feel as if you, you, you let him down is the best way that I can put it, that you let him down after knowing what his word got to say about that sin and you did it anyway, it should, it should, okay? <laughs> it should make you feel horrible. That godly sorrow, that after that, you're done. You're done with that sin and sin. You're just done with it. And that would make us hide from God. That's why we stop praying. That's why we stop reading the Bible. That's why we stop doing those things that were godly. 
We don't pick up the phone when sister so-and-so calls because you know she's checking up on you and you ain't got time to hear about, about how you need to repent. You are hiding from everybody. Glory be to God. You right, Holy Spirit. That will make you uncomfortable around other godly people. And the worst case is like how we see over there on Facebook when we come in with the righteous heat about a sin, okay? And then you got what I affectionately call the peanut gallery, okay? Chiming in with the comments about, oh, well, you have to be, you know, that you can't be a human and not sin. Like, it's so impossible that you can't do it, you know? And because of that, because of your guilty conscience, you lash out at those who are walking the straight and narrow path, and you can't do that. Because you are being a stumbling block to the body of Christ when you come over to somebody's page and start making all of these comments and just being ugly and mean and nasty because of your guilty conscience. And so you are now self-projecting all of that ugliness in your writings, that's not fair, nor is it right, because who's to say? A new babe in Christ that got saved last night is now over here just gleaming some good word. They they finally came to the Lord, and they see a topic that his home for them. And so now they come down in the comments to, to get more understanding. And here you are. Here you are about to put this person back on the road back to hell because they figure, oh, well, we can still be in our sins. We still human. Oh, so I can go back over there and meet with Bob tonight. Absolutely not. That is why on my page, when that foolishness like that goes down, oh, the hammer comes out. It comes out because you, you're not going to be on my page with the foolishness. Amen. Because for years, we sat up under these false doctrines and all of this easy grace. And all of that, once saved, always saved. And all of this, all you just got to do is believe about Jesus and the cross with all of this mental assent. But nobody is heeding and walking in righteousness. No one is picking up the mandate to go and sin no more and believe that that's what Jesus actually meant. No one wants to do that. So yeah, you're not going to come to God in peace. In peace, you're not going to do it. Now look, where were we? Number eight, okay. God will punish sinners in this world and in the world to come. Amen. Because we're talking about 13 reasons. Now, 13 is not the final number, okay? That can be an infinite number. But for this lesson, we're looking at 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning. And number eight just told us, 
that God will punish sinners in this world and in the world to come. Because we see in Isaiah 1 verses 18 to 20, it says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing, come on now. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But... Big old butt. If you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Revelation 3, verses 4 through 6 tells us this Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, hallelujah, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And then we have Psalms 90 uh, verses 11 through 12 that says, Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Amen. Teach us. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Amen. Number nine, sin hurts the Lord. Because you see, that's what we are missing. We thinking that God and Jesus are just, you know, these beings up there in heaven and that they got all the power, which they do, that they got all the power and that they don't have any feelings and all they want to do is send people to hell. Oh, absolutely not. Look, sin hurts the Lord. Listen. When you sin, you wound your Savior and spit in his face, making a mockery of his love and denying your very words of devotion and praise. Amen. Listen, your sin stings Jesus. Our disobedience causes him grief. And we see that in Genesis 6, 6. Remember when, when, when it says that, you know, that the Lord, he repented for even created man. And then we see in Luke 19, 41, 44, where Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Look, it says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem, and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Verse 42, how I wish today that you of all people 
would understand the way to peace, but now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Verse 43. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. Verse 44, they will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you visited you. Amen. You see, and we saw that that prophecy come to play in what is that? AD 70 when um Jerusalem <laughs> got burnt down to the ground by the Babylonians, right? The Babylonians, yeah, burnt that the temple, the whole town, everything down to the ground. And not one stone was unturned. You want to know why? Because that temple had a lot of gold in it. And when when the fire started and that gold got melted down, it went in between the stones. Listen, these barbarians, and I don't know, could have been some of them Roman officials and soldiers too, digging through the rubble. And not one stone was unturned. Why? Because they was over there looking for that gold that done melted down in between the stones. Amen. And so, number 10. Reasons why we need to stop sinning. Because sin hurts the sinner. The fact is, if you keep on sinning, it will haunt you and haunt you until it hurts you. Amen. Proverbs 4, 18 to 19 says, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know what makes them stumble. Amen. And that's a daggone shame that you are, you are so much in your sins that you don't even know why you stumbling like this. Because for the life of me, I couldn't, I could not understand what was going on in my life? I couldn't understand why was nothing working out. It all related to and tied into the sin. And that is why it just told us. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. There is no light there is no flashlight from the Holy Spirit making our paths illuminated and shining because the verse above in verse 18 says that the path of the righteous, glory be to God, is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter and more brighter. And more brighter, you get more wisdom, you get more discernment, you have a more peace and more joy. Why? Until the full light of the day. Oh, now you understand that you must repent. Oh, now you must believe that Jesus died for your sins. 
oh, now you get it that God made a way to make it right with us because we did the damage. Listen, all this is man's fault. It's our fault for the relationship as it stands with the Lord before we come to Christ. We did it. Listen, God is the perfect one. He is the one that kept his end of the bargain. He kept every covenant that he made with man. It got broken because of man, not because of what God did. We did the breaking. So God in his grace and in his mercy and in his love made a way for us to be reconciled back to him. And that was through Jesus. Jesus was the repair, <clears throat> if it will. That Jesus was the repair that was needed to mend this gap. Because what was blocking us from the Father was our sin. Amen. And so, look. In Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9, it says, Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You can't. You will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. Amen. From the Spirit. So, don't get tired of doing what is good, people. The Bible says, don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Amen. Number 11, sin hurts the sinner's family and friends. Amen. The sin that is in one man's heart is able to infect a whole world. It is of such a spreading and infectious nature. No one is an island when it comes to sin. Oh, absolutely not. Your sin can affect your family and all those who are attached to you. I can't say this enough how true that is. Listen, if we are selfish enough to not even think about the consequences down the road, because see, that's where we got to look at down the road, okay, of what our sins will do to your family. You may think that, oh, you have a reason for why you're doing what you're doing. And then 20, 25 years later, you see the ripple effects of your sins and how it affects your family and your friends. Trust me, you don't want to go down that road. Because then you will live in guilt and shame and you will have to pray on a daily basis for the understanding and the comfort that when we came to Christ, that he washed away all of our sins as well as the guilt, as well as the guilt that is tied to those sins. Amen. So listen, 
it is just best to avoid sin altogether, then nothing on this list will apply to you. Amen. Amen. Number 12. And in closing, right? Because that's number 12. Listen, sin puts the sinner. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Getting back up to number 11. I forgot this scripture here. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that none of you will miss out on the special favor of God. Watch out that no bitter root of unbelief rises up among you. For whenever it springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. Amen. Number 12, sin puts the sinner on the side of the devil, of the devil, demons, and the world. Now, listen, we ain't trying to join forces with Satan for nothing. Amen. Because look, when we sin, okay, we join forces with hell. Let me say that again. When we sin, we join forces forces with hell and become accomplices of the devil. Look, John 15, 19 says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Amen. Because listen, the acid test is this. If the world loves you, if they embraces all that you bring to their table, you're not a child of God. Because the Bible just told us right here, it says that if you belong to this world, that they will love you as its own. Amen. Yeah, leave this filthy, nasty world alone. First John 3 verses 8 to 10 says this. But when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy these um, two. Hold on. But the son of God came to destroy these works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not sin. Amen. Do not sin. Why? Because God's life is in them. Talking about the Holy Spirit. So they can't keep on sinning. Why? Because they have been born of God. So now we can tell. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Listen, anyone who does not obey God's commands and does not love other Christians, does not belong to God. And I don't care what the lukewarm Christian got to say. You don't. Listen, if you down there in my comments telling me to shut up, okay, you don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love me, but you mean you love the brethren. Listen, I would never tell anybody to shut up. Uh, I would say, oh, it is written or the Bible clearly says, but I'm not going to tell you to shut up. Really? Okay. Look, 
last but not least, number 13. Amen. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I forgot this scripture. Back up to number 12. James 4, 4 says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Amen. Yeah, y'all keep playing in that sin, Cynthia included. We keep playing in sin. Yeah, we shacking up with the devil. And that's the bottom line. Last but not least, number 13, sin blocks the blessings and the promises of God. Okay, and let us not get this twisted with that damnable prosperity gospel because all they do is call through these scriptures looking for promises of God and then telling us to shake our fist at God and make him fulfill his word. Oh, don't let me get started. So yes, sin does blocks the blessings and the promises of God. Deuteronomy 11, 26 to 28 says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 16 says, However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands, because we read in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 16, However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees, I am giving you today all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Amen. Last one. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 3. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Amen. Amen. And so there we have it, folks. 13 reasons why we need to stop sinning and turn back to God, that we need to walk in a lifestyle where we see where God sees and where everybody see that you have now committed your life to walk in repentance and that the fruit of repentance is showing up in your life. Listen, this, the fruit of the Spirit should now be evident, obvious, 
and on a continuing basis showing up in your life. And that's what it means to walk in righteousness and holiness, that with the gift of repentance that our God in heaven gives to us, it is that it is that want in you to not want to sin anymore. And that's the best way that I can put it, that you no longer want to sin. You could, but you don't. It don't even like interest you anymore because your mind has turned that the way how you think about life, about Jesus, about his word, about getting on to heaven, about loving the brethren, about that lake of fire and how if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, that you will be thrown into it. All of that, all of that sanctification process is taking place and showing up in your life. Listen, and this is the close. We must, we must consecrate ourselves to Jesus. We got to, we got to hold on to the father so tight that we don't know where he ends and where we begin. That began. That is just how much we got to stay in close fellowship with the father. Listen, look at the world today. Just look at it. We need God. We need Jesus. Listen. Maybe, I don't know, back in the 80s, back in my stomping days, back in the 90s. Oh, we thought it was big fun having all the fun that was leading us right to hell. Listen, it's not worth it. And don't be like, oh, because you got saved and you had all of your fun. And so now you're trying to stop us from having our big fun. Yup. Yep. And just like you can tell someone else, because listen, once we got the beam out of our eyes, yes, we coming for the specks in your eyes to tell you, no, sin destroys. It destroys your physical body and it will destroy your soul in hell if you let it. Come on, people. Listen, remember always that Jesus died a horrific death so that you don't have to face God's wrath. And look, listen, okay, God ain't playing over there in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, all the way down to 31. It says that if if we deliberately keep on sinning, Okay, what else is left for God to do? Because he gave the sacrifice. If you're not coming to Jesus, if you're not on board with his reconciliation plan and the redemption plan of your souls, then what else left for you to do? Uh, What is left for God to do with you? He already sent Jesus, but you said no to Jesus. Well, what else left for for God to do with you, except like the Bible says in that verse that your only expectation 
is a raging fire. We talking about hell and then off to the lake of fire you go. Listen, it says that in verse 31, that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Amen. All right. I think I have said enough. We need to repent, stop sinning, and turn back to God. And Lord willing, until next time, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye